Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. We are coming to you from our top secret headquarters at Project Quantum Leap, but you can find us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And please do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. Hello, listeners. It's Sam at Project Quantum Leap. I just wanted to drop a uh, quick hello to everyone. I know it's been a while, and we're very excited to be back. But before we get into the episode proper, we did think that it would be appropriate to uh, give a quick content warning. We do indeed talk, frankly, about suicide in the context of this episode and the context of um, theater and television and film uh, as a plot device, uh, which of course is a difficult discussion to have because um, it's not something that should be used simply for those purposes. But let's face it, when you're telling a story, um, you you do use whatever you can. You pull things in from real life. Um, So we do have a bit of a, a frank discussion about suicide that that may seem at times a little bit more flippant than um, we intended, but we didn't want to make any edits or changes or re-record anything because we did feel that it did add to the conversation about this particular episode. But if anyone, um, you know, is, is going to find that in any way difficult to listen to. We completely understand if you either skip over this episode or perhaps the uh, very later uh, part of this episode, because we do talk about it towards the very end. So uh, again, we appreciate you all so much. We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, We look forward to any of your feedback, uh, questions, comments, uh, and it's it's good to be back. We'll certainly be keeping to a bit of a more regular schedule from here on out, uh, or at least we hope to. Uh, but in the meantime, please enjoy this episode as we discuss running for honor. Long time no see. Hello, everybody. Is this thing on? Is this, <laughs> I, I, what, how, do, how do I do this? Uh, <laughs> hello, friends. How are you out there in the, the podcast universe, the the quantum leap universe. It has indeed been a very long time. Um, briefly, this is the longest Dennis, time we've gone between episodes. It is. It yeah. It absolutely. It's been about is. a it month. It was completely yeah. unintended hiatus. Uh, you know, as we kind of made clear on Facebook. Um, but yeah, it unfortunately, ended up being very necessary. And I think uh, there were a couple of opportunities maybe to record, but either something came up last minute or it was just, we weren't focused. We weren't, you know what I mean? It was, it was not a good time to actually record, even though we might've had the time. We had time. Yes. So you've been busy, uh, uh, with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. With, I mean, uh, with music. And then, and then you also had a, a death in the family a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's, that's as I say, chief among them was uh, Jessica's grandmother passed away. And so we drove down to North Carolina and back um, with a 10-month-old. And uh, oh, we oh also God, had... I didn't even think about the 10-month-old part. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, but it, how, did she, you know, it, how did she handle it? She was, for the most part, she was fantastic. Uh, you know, the last half hour or so, uh, she wanted nothing more than to be out of that car, which, yeah. you know, her... She was obviously a little bit more vocal uh, with her displeasure, but I think she was basically saying what we were all feeling in the car. Um, sure, yeah. 
But you know the 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 service itself was really really nice. Um, uh, her, my wife's mother, my mother in law, she had asked me to uh, play a song at the funeral, and so I did that. I, I thought I was you know really honored to do that because um, unfortunately I didn't really know um, Jess's grandmother that well. But, yeah. Uh, it was yeah it was a really it was a really um, nice time. Uh, you know we traveled on Mother's Day and it was Jessica's first Mother's Day, so there was definitely an effort to try to. Uh, make that still feel important very special sure um towns is saying hi in the background one of my cats so mm. if you're hearing some stuff uh, i do apologize but he's he's very excited that we're recording again uh but yeah in the midst of all that other stuff like you said between work um wrapping up the end of the season over at the ballet company and then uh uh working on music um and, and doing some of that it's just been a really, really busy time, and I know that I've been feeling very drained until recently. So it's very, very good to be back, and yes, I'm really yeah. looking forward to talking about Quantum Leap. But but you you have some exciting stuff going on. Yes, so that is we are on your energy and focus. Yeah, we we are selling our tiny little condo. And so we had to put a lot of effort into decluttering the place, putting a lot in storage, uh, repainting virtually the entire condo with the exception of Harrison's room. And uh, yeah, because I, I really wanted to go in the first week uh, because because yeah. things in the real estate market, and I'm a real estate agent myself for, for anyone tuning in early and haven't caught that tidbit before. So I know that if things don't go in the first week or two, they can really linger for a long time. And so I really wanted to get it done. Um, so we got sure. it up. We had some open houses and not... Not the first person who saw the apartment. We had a uh, the condo. We had a one off showing, like after it had been on the market for a couple of days. But the first person who came to the first open house ended up making an offer. That's fantastic, so. Um, uh, so hopefully it, it, it's a VA loan. Those are a little bit more involved. So hopefully everything goes through. Uh, but assuming that all goes through, um, we will be. I will be podcasting from somewhere else. Come. Uh, coming a couple months so yeah yeah so should we should we jump into the episode here this week we are talking about running for honor uh, which is the 12th episode of season four so we are uh, now halfway through the fourth season with this episode and it's directed by bob holm uh the interesting thing about bob is that he would go on to direct two more episodes of quantum leap deliver us from evil and liberation but he would only have one other credit to his name on IMDb, and that was for directing an episode of Tequila and Benetti. <laughs> so fantastic! That's his pedigree. Uh, our writer is Bobby Duncan, who is actually credited as Robert Harris Duncan. Um, this is his only writing credit um, at all. There are no other credits um, on IMDb anyway. Uh, he also served as choreographer for Miss Deep South. He's a graduate of the UCLA screenwriting program and, interestingly enough, a Chicago connection here, the Goodman School of Drama. Um, oh, very cool. So I, I thought that was interesting that there were no other writing credits uh, on his IMDb, that this was it. Um, well, I think we'll talk more about that later. Uh, our air date is January the 15th, 1992. Our leap date is June 11th, 1964. Sam has leapt into Tommy York, and we are at Prescott Naval College, 
which is right outside of Lakeside in Macomb County, Michigan. Fantastic. Um, and I was about to say, and I interrupted you earlier, uh, because we are moving and we put a bunch of stuff away, I don't have, <laughs> I do not have my prized Matt Dale Beyond the Mirror image book. So you are, you are all book this week. I'll tell you what, as I, as I said earlier off mic, the only good reason for that book I know. in storage is that I know. you're moving. I, <laughs> I just got to buy the electronic version now. Which, by the way, if you don't know, there right. is an electronic version of the book. Uh, that'll save your wrists so much strain. Go pick it up. Yeah, it's a bit of a doorstop, let's, let's be honest here. And yeah. I mean that with all affection and love because it, it, it contains a wealth of wonderful information. Um, and we are definitely going to get... Matt back on here at some point in the near future to chat. Absolutely. Um, So, yes, I'll pick up the book duties. And uh, for our TV guide description, Sam hurdles into a BMOC track star at a military prep school in the early 60s where he runs up against vigilantes intolerant of homosexuality. Pun free. I have a question for you. I have an answer. Let's see if they match. (laughs) All right. Do you know what BMOC stands for? No idea. I had to look it up. It's it's a it's an old acronym for big man on campus. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. He is there. That. You have it. Uh, so we're in 1964. Something I'd like to get back to that we've gotten away from. I want to play Sam in time where he is uh, in comparison to other leaps. Um, Great. So we are in uh, June of 1964. Most recently, Sam was in February of 1964 in season two's Blind Faith, where he was the piano player. And nice. he will pop up just a month later in July of 1964 in Runaway. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So two episodes that have come before. So if one were to try to watch the episodes within the chronological order of when they're set, as opposed to when they aired... If one were. You would end up watching this episode very early in your... uh, Well, not necessarily very early, but... No. Earlier than... uh, Earlier than, say, some other episodes that, that have come before it. You would. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, you know, we were talking about this off mic beforehand. This, if you are a Quantum Leap fan at all, you you know that this was a controversial episode at the time that it aired. Um, and yes. I And I, and and bef- I had, go ahead. I was going to say, before we dive too far into that, I do want to, to pay my respects to something that you have been doing but cannot do without the book. And that is to just mention real quickly, so we can inject some levity oh, yes. right off the bat here. Let, let's do that. Yes, yes. Also known as, this episode oh, was titled in Germany, A Fight to the Death. In France, mm. it was titled Manhunt. And in Italy, it was titled Cadets. You know, Italy is usually the one that comes in with the weird one. They're pretty tame. Right? They're pretty I agree. tame on this one. France had an interesting take on titling this episode, in my opinion. That was Manhunt. Mmm. Yeah. <sighs> it was a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a choice. They made some choices. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk yeah. about uh, let's talk about manhunt colon fight to the death. Yes. 
<laughs> uh, parentheses cadets. Yes, uh, that's a new thing um, we can start doing on the blog. We need we we need to start listing all this information here instead of just throwing it up there. We just we just need more time. Um, so anyway, so I, I, I thought. You know, like we said, we know that this was a controversial episode, uh, and I had known before that this episode actually lost five hundred thousand dollars for NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, found a great uh, article. Um, uh, this uh, this article came out in the LA or the Los Angeles Times, January seventeenth, nineteen ninety two. When was the air date? It was very close. Just. Uh, the last few days? January 15th, so just two days after. Yeah. Just two days before, yeah. I'm not going to read the entire article, but I'm going to read a good portion of it. Um, yeah, because I think it's great news, uh, or uh, a great uh, way to put the episode in context. Uh, bad news for those hoping that TV controversy will someday become cost-effective. Sources at NBC said Thursday that the network lost about $500,000 on Wednesday's disputed Quantum Leap episode about gays and gay bashing. Confirming that there was a loss, Sue Binford, NBC Vice President for Corporate and Media Relations, said that a number of sponsors pulled out of the episode and that those taking their place were allowed to buy commercial time at a minimum cost. Um, uh, let's scroll down here. Uh, during a squabble with the network over production of the episode last September, Quantum Leap executive producer Don Belisario had asserted that NBC officials raised the possibility of the studio compensating NBC for airing the episode in the event of a sponsored dropout. Um, NBC had denied such allegations, but even so, uh, there would be a basis of concern because uh, sponsors had pulled out of previous uh, programming, including an episode of ABC's 30-something depicting two gay men in bed and NBC's own movie, Roe vs. Wade, about the Supreme Court's landmark decision legalizing abortion. And it goes on to note, this one has Sam... Uh, leaping into 1964, uh, saving the life of a friend beaten by student vigilantes because of his homosexuality. Uh, Belisario had said that the shooting script was very close to the script that was submitted to network for approval. Uh, but as most fans know this, originally this was set, they were high school military military cadets, and they make it a point in this episode to clarify that every student that we see in this episode is over 21. Um, the track coach, he was inserted later uh, into the script. He was not in the, he was not in the earlier version. And um, they talk about, this is a great paragraph. The producer, Don Belisario, has a habit of making misleading or ambiguous public statements that he apparently <laughs> hopes will soften the impact of Quantum Leap episodes that are controversial, including a recent one that, Sam, that put Sam inside the body of a chimp used for crash research. Despite the episode's advertised balance, you found yourself pulling for the chimp, not for the callous researchers. Uh, NBC itself acted as if basically wanted to sneak this episode onto the air with little fuss. The network's Wednesday night tease preceding the episode was, quote, Sam's life hangs in the balance when he's accused of betraying his country. Color that vague, if not flat out false. Um, it goes on, uh, calls, uh, Al TV's first homophobic hologram, uh, in the, in the episode. And there's, uh, there's one great line down here. Oh, where was it? Uh, that I thought for 1992 and the, uh, it was for, um, Belisario promised on entertainment tonight that Wednesday's episode would feature both sides. And I love this line. As if there were two sides to ignorance and bigotry. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, and yeah. And so the, the last line of the article was there was unfortunately nothing tidy about the ending to this week's quantum leap sponsorship story. Obviously some advertisers didn't get the message that Albert did. I have a feeling this person didn't actually watch the episode and they only read the script or synopsis because they always refer to Al as Albert. Albert, yeah, yeah, I yeah. noticed that too. The, 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 the tenor of the whole article is very strange, honestly, because it feels as though, it, even within the article itself, um, there are times when it seems to be leaning one way, and then other times when it kind of steers in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, I, I struggled while reading it to make complete sense of where the writer was actually coming from because it's very much an opinion piece this is not some sort of informative you know sort of straight hopefully you know non-biased article whatever it it, it does feel a bit opinion based um and so that is is it's difficult for me to figure out where howard rosenberg who wrote the article is really actually coming from um so i i couldn't tell if he was on, you know, Richard Jennings from from Glad's side, if he was if he was on the advertiser's side, if he was on whose side was he on? Was he on no one's side? And he thought they were all idiots. It was it was difficult for me to really read that from the article, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking up the writer. Apparently, he, he's still alive. I think he's still working. Um, a side note: after the 9/11 attacks. Rosenberg said that George W. Bush appeared stiff and boyish. This led to a request for him to be fired. And he stated that he received letters calling him Osama bin Rosenberg. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I would almost expect this like to be seen on a blog and not in a mainstream newspaper, yeah. uh, like on yes. a blog in today's in today's world. Um, yes. Then then in a in an early 1990s. Um, Opinion piece. I do. I do like that he very boldly like took the stance, like as if there are two sides to ignorance and bigotry. Like the, he, there, there's no bones about he feels about the uh, about how he feels about the issue of homosexuality itself. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think part of it might just be that for me, the because he, um, it, it, because he seems to be against the advertisers that are dropping out. He seems to be very for a strong message sent against bigotry, but then at the same time, he seems to be kind of against Don Belisario and the actual episode. Mm -hmm. So it's strange to me because it seems as though, like, it's almost just like, why, why did you write this article? I don't don't know. know. Uh, I'm thinking too much about it. In the real world, your motivation will be a paycheck. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Uh, It's also worth noting that he did write that, um, unfortunately, the hour was not as well executed as it was well-intentioned. The character of the track coach came across as artificial, awkwardly imposed script convenience. And uh, I won't read more, but I will say that I actually do agree with him on that note. That that if I'm being critical of of the construction of the episode, it's the same problem I had with Raped. With the the lawyer disclosing that she was raped, yes. and that's why she became a lawyer. It's exactly yeah. the same device, mm-hmm. and, and, and and it's weird because when watching the episode, while watching the episode, it doesn't bother me that much. You see it coming a mile away, but immediately afterwards, I just couldn't help but think, man, that was that was pretty tidy. That uh, and I had the same reaction to it even as a kid that I did um, to the DA 
revealing that she had been raped at the end of Raped. Like, even as a 12-year-old kid, I'm like, ah, come on. Right. Come on. And I I would... Go ahead. I was going to say, I would argue that it works a little bit better in this episode than it does in Raped, but, you know... Six one yeah. does the other sort of thing. Yeah, and and, 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 I, and I will still, in watching this episode in, in previous times, it's always occurred to me, what if the track coach is lying? What if he's just thinking on his feet? Sure. And he knows, and he knows the thing to get Philip down. Right. I, I mean, I don't know that, but anyway. Um, so let, let I, I don't know if this is an episode that we need to take beat by beat or just like theme by theme. Um, just like starting off, what are your overall thoughts about the episode? Um, I think that there's actually a lot to like about the episode. Um, I feel that it has, if we're just talking structurally, I think the pacing is good. Um, I think that there's some really nice moments up front to kind of help set where, when, and who we, we, we are and who we're around, which, which are done well enough. Uh, I like the fact that our first exposure to uh, Ronnie um, is a positive one, that he's very friendly to Tommy, um, that he seems... I think the potential for him to be the, the heavy is there, obviously, but, but there is no hint at the very, very beginning of the episode that this is going to be, like, our bad guy, um, which I which I liked. Uh, you know, once once they get into town, uh, or shortly after, obviously things change pretty quickly, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the relationships between the coach uh, and Tommy and the Admiral and Tommy are well done. Um, yeah, I, Sam is, is on point here. So I, I, everything is set up nicely. I do think that... I struggle a bit. I I struggle a bit with Al in this episode because of two reasons. One, if he's going to make his conversion at the end of the episode, then I don't necessarily know that I buy that Al would feel the way that he does speaking in the quantum leap future about gays in the military the way that he does. On the other hand, if he doesn't necessarily fully come around to that point by the end of the episode, I would buy a lot more of what he says and does throughout the course of this episode. I wouldn't like it, but I would find it more believable. But because he converts so quickly by the end of the episode, it really... It, it it magnifies the fact that Al's dialogue was created as a counterpoint to the situation that Sam found himself in, as opposed to being a realistic depiction of the character of Al Calavici as we've come to know him. Know him. Know him. Jeez Louise. No, um, I got you. Yeah, so that's... that. I, I, those are sort of my broad strokes, just immediately, that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, you know, I, I think that it's a good episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I agree. I love the relationship between the coach uh, and Sam. I like, I like the introduction of Ronnie in that Ronnie's a really great, nice guy if you're friends. Right. But he can be a monster 
if he's not. Like, and, yes. and, I, and I knew a guy like that in high school. He could be the greatest guy in the world. But I remember like one specific instance where he found out that somebody in our class might be gay. And the look on his face and how he changed when he learned that person might be gay told an entire story about who that person was. Yeah. Um, so, so I like, uh, I like that. I liked that, that Sam and Al did butt heads and as to whether, um, uh, homosexuals should be allowed in the military. What I wish they would have done is I wish they would have not included all of the, like Al pointing out like, Oh, you're drinking tea instead of coffee. Why are you standing with your hand on yes. your hip? Things like that. And the thing like, I understand, like, I got that as a kid because I remember, um, and they didn't highlight this physical trait in the episode, but I remember being a kid, uh, like sixth, seventh grade, about the time this episode aired. And like, if you stood with your wrist kind of limply in a certain way, I remember being made fun of, of that a couple times. Like, that was a sure sign that you must be gay. Right. Um, and so on one hand, I do... a. I do appreciate those little things because, yes, some people are that um, shallow, if that is the right word. But I think it totally undercut Al as a character and it undercut the rest of his the rest of his arc. Absolutely. Like I would because like I would um, I would have I would have been more on board with Al's arc more if. He took the stance that he did, didn't have all of the, 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 the stupid things like hand on your hip, blah, blah, blah. But if he at the end of the episode, instead of doing a complete 180, if he had just said he had some things to think about. Yeah, like he like he wasn't ready to change his mind yet. But he's but he's starting to. Um, yeah. It, it reminds me of the scene in the West Wing, um, the episode Let Bartlett Be Bartlett, where mm-hmm. they're uh, arguing, um, uh, having like a meeting about gays in the military, and it's like, you know, um, Sam and Josh and a couple of the other staffers and then a couple of people from uh, different branches of the military and, you know, basically pushing the idea that that the policy is bigoted, et cetera, et cetera. And so Admiral Fitzwallis, who's the you know, <coughs> chief of staff comes in and, um, he immediately establishes that, you know, these are the reasons why you guys don't want gays in the military. Right. And they're like, yeah, right. And he's like, you know what? I agree with you, but that's also the same thing they said about me. Now, if you've never seen the show before, Fitzwallis is a black man. And, so he's comparing it to what they said about, you know, blacks serving during World War II, for instance, um, when they were trying to integrate units. And the idea that he might agree with all the logic and reasons they have for not wanting to have gays in the military, but he's also aware enough to say that there's nothing wrong with all these reasons. Like, it'll disrupt the unit, it'll do this, it'll do that. It's like, good, we should do that. We should shake things up. You know, we should, we, we should move forward, we should progress, because that's exactly what happened, you know, 50, 60 years ago during World War II. So I think that where Al is coming from when he makes that argument 
again, is not unbelievable to me as Al as the character, but exactly what you were saying, it's the other stuff. It's the jibes that Sam, you know, crossing his legs or drinking tea and whatnot. It's those sorts of things that make him come across as homophobic, which I'm not saying that campaigning for the exclusion of gays in the military doesn't come off as bigoted in some fashion, but with the other stuff, it feels so very... Again, it just feels like it's a way to oppose Sam's viewpoint as opposed yeah. to something that remains true to the character. Whereas Al's opposition to gays in the military is something that I could actually buy from him. Sure. You know, I could believe, but but because it gets reversed by the end of the episode so simply and so easily, it does seem to kind of just undercut it all and make him make it not seem like we're seeing Al in this episode very much. And instead we're seeing a right convenience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and exactly. all of those things. And yeah, and all of those, the little traits of Sam's that he points out, it just, in a 1990s uh, context, it, it, I think that worked, but like in a modern day, uh, like looking at this episode from a 2019 lens, like I would cringe if this was anybody's first episode of quantum leap ever. <laughs> Right. Just yeah, just yes. based on those. But uh, his stance on, on gays in the military, this is something I found myself wondering watching it this time. I wonder if that, at the time at least, was Don Belisario's real world view. Mm. View in real life. It's that... Um, I wonder if that if that if that's his view, that, that gay should not serve in the military because of all of the reasons that Al list off but a compromise for nbc was to have al come around in the end because you got to have that quote balanced approach sure well i mean it's interesting to you know to note that this is when this episode came out that this was a very timely issue that it was very much a hot button issue of the day that it would just be a couple of years later that um you know the the clinton administration would institute don't ask don't tell in fact it would be almost two years exactly after this episode aired um which at the time was seen as a step forward but then of course we all know fast forward you know 14 15 years when the obama administration repealed it it you know the, the realization came that it had in, in many ways done more damage long-term than it did uh, benefit anyone and, and just kind of created a, a an environment where suspicion could be weaponized against people uh, as opposed to realizing that it didn't, that there should not be, you know, you should, there should be no restriction towards someone being who they are basically with the idea of don't ask, don't tell being that you still have to hide it, but it's okay if you are. Absolutely. And that speaks to the to the one, you know, to the one scene where uh, and this is one, this is one of, my, one of my favorite scenes in the episode. There, there are a few things that I do find problematic about the episode from a 2019 lens. But I love the scene with the admiral and Sam and Al and Al and the admiral more or less ganging up on Sam. I love yes. the sh- I love the shot of of Admiral Spencer listing off all of the reasons why gays should not serve in the military and the shot of Al standing behind Sam, almost like as a scolding parental figure uh, saying, I agree with him. 
Um, but that, but that scene speaks to like, you know, he even, uh, I, I bring that scene up to say that Emerald Spencer says that one of the reasons why gays can't be effective in the military is that they are subject to blackmail if someone knows their secret. Right, right. Which, you know, I will say like for contextualizing that in 1964, I think would have absolutely been a concern for multiple reasons, because let's face it in 1964, um, if you were if you were gay, the likelihood of you being out and being accepted if you were out was extremely fucking slim. Yeah. And if you were trying to hide it, because as Al rightly states, many gay men of the time were married, had children, raised families because they needed to do whatever they could to hide it. Mm-hmm. Then in 1964, if I'm in the military or if I'm in any sort of intelligence or government service or anything like that. I am absolutely going to be concerned about whether or not a colleague of mine might be in the closet. And if he is, if someone would indeed blackmail him, in particular, someone from, say, the Soviet Union, because that's a classic scenario that all of a sudden, you know, I've got someone in the military or I've got someone in the CIA or something that I know to be gay. And so I'm going to blackmail them for secrets. And that's how spying was done. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think the real world scenario for that type of thing existed. It existed during the war. Um, you know, shortly after, it, it's not just something from, you know, film and television and novels. It's, it was a real thing and it happened. And so I think that the sad thing is, is that there is a foundation for that argument. Um, the thing that makes it so profoundly sad is the fact that anyone would not have been able to live an out lifestyle and be accepted at any point in history. But that was the reality of 1964. Now, of course, Fast forward to 1992, and I don't think that argument holds nearly as much water. And certainly in 2019, it doesn't hold any water. So it's one of those things that I think it's a it's a small sign, but maybe it is a sign of progress of, of, of that to me not being any sort of legitimate argument. Whereas in 1964, you know, I might loathe it, I might hate it, but the reality of it is that that argument actually holds up a bit. I mean, I hate it, yeah, but from a pra- <laughs> but from a practical standpoint, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let's talk. About- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that that's unfortunately how a lot of that bigotry was able to survive. Is that there were, they were able to make these legitimate, not legitimate. That's not the right word at all. Practical, like you were saying earlier, they were able to make practical loathsome but practical arguments yeah uh, i'm gonna say you do we want to shift gears uh let's talk tommy's sure. relationships tommy's relationship with yes. the coach we know we talked about like uh and what i love and i love this first scene where the coach is so over the top he is reminiscent of the coach in all americans so <laughs> over the top <laughs> in that first scene and then he sends everybody off to the weight room because they're they're laughing at sam's quote-unquote jokes uh, the excuses yeah. that Sam's making of being, you know, shell shocked from like having leaped in in a very inopportune moment, like he does, and then after everybody runs off, the coach like dropping character basically and being like, "Hey, Tommy, what's up?" Yeah, uh, and I appreciate that because uh, um, I, I think I mentioned this before in previous episodes, especially like All Americans. That's that's totally a thing. Even when I was a high school student, like I realized like half the time when the football coach was like blustering and shouting that it was theater. Right. Um, so I, I, I do 
uh, I, I do appreciate that relationship. Uh, uh, the relationship between him and Ronnie, um, you know, that, that is what it is. Like I said, I think they're casual friends, but then, yeah, as soon as Ronnie gets wind of him, um, I think it may be interesting to talk a little bit about his relationship with Lisa, or I'm sorry, Karen, Karen Spencer, played by Lisa Lawrence. Yeah, you know, real quick, I wanted to mention something about Ronnie. I think that the interesting thing about that relationship to me is that Ronnie would have to know, obviously, that Tommy and Philip were roommates. And as such, knowing that, that clearly Ronnie and the rest of Chain um, know that Philip is gay, that I wonder how much of Ronnie's relationship with Tommy is based in the fact that they're trying to perhaps maybe ingratiate themselves to him, you know, maybe find out more about Philip, maybe get to Philip easier, mm. maybe perhaps even try to bring Tommy along into the group, um, especially because he's valedictorian, he's big man on campus, BMOC. And so BMOC. I wonder too, yeah. <laughs> how much of the relationship between them is, um, you know, is Ronnie using Tommy at all in any way? Uh, That's a good point. Because I think that, because again, I, 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 you know, you like Ronnie at first, I think, you know, or well, maybe you don't like him, but you don't dislike him. You don't have the reason to hate him that you're going to have later in the episode. And so I think sure, it's interesting yeah. when they first drive to town together and everything, there is kind of an element of sort of like, oh, okay, you know, this guy's, this guy could be all right. And then you find out yeah. not so much. They, so, yeah. They're, they're, they're going to go make some noise like at the end of that first yeah. scene. Um, but he's even given him a hard time, for instance, about the Admiral's daughter, you know, about Karen. So, you know, sure. and you were going to say about her. Uh, about her, yeah, we're kind of jumping ahead in the episode. Like, she's only in the one scene, but I think it's, yeah. uh, she is basically a plot device, basically to to mention, like, in their one scene together, that they've been on three or four dates, and basically that Tommy hasn't made a move. Yeah. And I don't know how you interpreted it. Like I interpret it as like they probably they they probably kissed. They probably made out a little bit. Right. But I think Tommy hasn't made a move to move beyond that to have sex. And that's what's off putting to Karen. That's how I interpreted that. That is how I interpret it as well. Um I think that she you know, she does end up being a function uh, of the plot more than anything else, which is fine. I mean, let's face it. When you're telling stories like this, some characters are just going to be plot devices more than anything else. Um, but I, I think that part of what she does in a way that I don't think plays very well in 2019 is because Tommy does not want to have sex with her, it must mean that he's gay. And that's certainly the way that Al takes it as well. Yep. And I, I, I think yeah, some of the point is kind of lost because, like, uh, because Sam is awkward with her just because he's Sam. And he right, doesn't know right. how to be with her. <laughs> and he does, and I, th- I think this is one of those cases where he doesn't know what Tommy wants, so he is not going to act on Tommy. And also this is interesting given all the conversations that we've had about uh, – you know, Sam taking advantage of his position or, or not taking advantage, but being in a position where he's being physically intimate with, with someone as the leap B. Yes. Like he, he, yeah. he actually says at one point, like she's all of 17 years old. Yes. Like that's his reason. It's it, like, like I am, I am a man in my, in my late, ter- late thirties. I'm not going to kiss a 17 year old girl. 
Which is obviously amusing in the light of Kamikaze Kid. Because he kisses, like, the 12-year-old. Uh, she's closer to 15. Okay, maybe she's 13 or 14, but still. (laughs) But but, I I would say the difference between that is, and I know we're kind of, like, on, on potentially icky ground, the difference between that is, is, like, that's at the end of the episode, and all of the context of that episode, you know that Cam... The teenage boy that Sam has leaped into, Cam and uh, I can't remember the uh, the girl's name now, but Cam and the girl are crazy about each other, right? And so by kissing her, he is he is keeping history on track the way it's supposed to be. Whereas yeah, in this yeah. one, whereas in this one, we don't know what that's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the, the fact is, is it, it, you give the the impression is given that he has to kiss her in order to leap. That by give like that one of his one of his like side missions. That's as we right. See yeah. Sometimes how he kind of has you know two things to do, not just the one thing to do or whatever. Like so, help me yeah. God. It's not just about saving you know the woman on trial. It's also about making sure she learns how to read. You know that yeah. sort of thing. So absolutely. No, I know. I I, I I'm I'm more saying that in jest, but I, I do think that. Um, again, a lot of it comes down to the fact that parts of this episode feel a bit ham-fisted because they want to engage in some sort of debate, mainly between Al and Sam, Mm -hmm. over, you know, what's okay and what's not okay, basically. Um, And I think that, unfortunately, the episode ends up suffering a little bit for that, especially in 2019, because I think if the episode were written today, I don't think there'd be any question over whether or not Tommy's gay. And oh, I yeah. think and I think that because of that, it's situations like this that no matter how serviceable they are, it's a perfectly fine scene. You know, the actors are, are, are all good. The, the, you know, the dialogue is written well. It's mm-hmm. just that I feel like it does not necessarily benefit the episode the way some of the other scenes do in particular which is which is you know not necessarily an easily digestible scene by any stretch but the scene that you mentioned for instance between the admiral and al and sam when they're having you know the discussion about gays in the military absolutely absolutely let's uh we we jumped ahead with talking about uh, uh about karen uh jump back we we meet philip beforehand yes Yes, we and, do. Um, and this is what, Mike, it, it's... Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's interesting because in, the, in, in this first meeting with Philip, um, there is a very different tone um, to the conversation that these two guys mm-hmm. are having compared to what we have seen before already. Um, so even without, I think, establishing that you know, that, that Philip is gay, there's clearly something, there's like a secret, there's something that, a bond between these two as well, um, that we don't see with any other characters at this point. And this is something, I don't know if you've noticed this too, I, I, I always remember this about this scene, is uh, in this very first scene with Philip, he is either wearing lipstick or lip gloss, he is wearing, like his lips are very shiny, and it's, it's 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 like this over the top unnecessary physical tell that Philip must be gay. 
Interesting. I did not actually, I did not note that at all. Although now that you say it, there's the later scene after he's been beaten up where I, I, I thought that it, it was funny because Sam carries around this black eye for the entirety of the episode almost. But Philip, who was like bleeding and, you know, being beaten by four guys, has like not a mark on his face, but his lips looked very full. So. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there you have it. So, the, um, yeah. So there's that there. I like this scene also because, again, going back to what I said about the secret, there's there's uh, an element of fear that's driving Philip, uh, and so I think it's it's a it's a great way to engage the audience right off the bat. I, I, it's strange because at the time I don't think there was any way to not know what this episode was going to be about because of the controversy that surrounded it, um, and in a way that's a little unfortunate because as much as I would not want to make the fact that Philip is gay into any sort of trite shock value thing whatsoever but I do think that you know there's nothing there there would be nothing wrong with that being a bit of a mystery for the audience like what's he so afraid of type of thing and then when you realize he's afraid because he's gay and because these guys have been doing these things and it's 1964 and it's a military academy you know that I think that would be okay. I'm not talking about like keeping it some sort of crazy secret and it's a reveal for shock value or something like that, but just to kind of engage on the level of like, what's this guy so afraid of? And I think that there's no way that an audience could approach the episode without knowing that that was going to be part of the episode. So sure. Yeah. But, but that, I mean, that's a, regardless of that, I still think it's a very engaging scene. uh, And I think it's played very well with, with both the actors. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so to, you know, to advance, you know, the, what, what the plot of the episode is, is it's that, so in the original history, Philip was killed by the chain. Uh, the cadets honoring a something Navy. What's the I stand for? Something, something. Integrity. I can't remember now. I'll have to integrity. I had it in front of me a second ago. Yeah. Um, I'll find it. It, it reminds me, uh, I just recently rewatched the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and one character spouts off to an agent of, like, the, the whatever S-H-I-E-L-D, what it actually stands for. And she's oh, like, do you know what that yeah. means? You know what that means? And the agent says it's like someone really wanted it to spell S.H.I.E.L.D., and that's how I feel about the chain. <laughs> it's like someone someone yeah. really wanted it to spell the chain, yeah. Uh, so so the it's, cadets, history, it's cadets honoring an ideal Navy. Cadets Honoring an ideal Navy. Okay, all right. Uh, I just kept hearing the Fleetwood Mac song every time the chain was brought up. Same here! Yeah, same, yeah. Uh, So, uh, so Philip was killed by the chain because he was gay, and then the, uh, the twist at the end of the episode is that Philip wasn't actually killed by the chain. He committed suicide framing the chain to be a martyr. And I have a lot of thoughts about that. A lot of people had a lot of thoughts about that. I think it wasn't so much mentioned in the article that we read at the start of the episode, but that's, um, from reading elsewhere, that's a big problem that the gay community had with this episode was having the character commit suicide. Well, it's, you know, it is interesting you mentioned that because Richard Jennings from GLAAD, who was interviewed on CNN about the episode, said that they were okay, not over the moon, but they were okay with the episode as it aired. What they took issue with was when they when it was originally going to be a teenager 
who committed suicide, a gay teenager, oh, because he, okay. because they because they thought that that was a damaging message. It's, I, I mean, That's obviously right. Obviously, it is. I mean, it is either way. I mean, I think the, I think part of the issue is is that like we can we you know we're sitting here now and we're able to say like no matter what that's a damaging way to portray this. At the time, the interesting thing about the dialogue that was occurring, even from members of Glad, was that it would have been more damaging had the character been the high schooler as opposed to a twenty one year old. That's right. And um, and I think there's value to that. I don't know if you have watched or if you followed like any of the controversy around the Netflix series 13 Reasons Why. I have not watched it, but I have indeed followed a little bit of the controversy, yes. Uh, so recently, just a few days ago, about the time that I, that I watched this episode, Running for Honor, a story did come out saying that a couple of studies had found that teen suicide did increase. Yeah. In the wake of that show. And in case you're not familiar, 13 Reasons Why, it was a Netflix series uh, about a teenage girl who commits suicide. And one of her friends finds these these tapes afterwards, and each tape is like one of the reasons why she committed suicide. And one of the reasons uh, why the TV series is very controversial is that uh, against a lot of people asking the show producers to please not do this, uh, they showed her suicide in very graphic detail. Um, she didn't commit suicide in a particularly graphic way. I think she, uh, I think it was pills, but I'm not sure. But like they showed a very detailed scene of her doing it, and they were really worried that this was glorifying suicide, um, especially glorifying it for teens. So I do yeah. think uh, Richard Jennings was that the the gentleman's name from Glad that you said? Uh, yes, I believe that's what it is. I, I yeah, Richard Jennings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to be confused with Richard Jennings, the dad from Six Feet Under, uh, but same name. Right. Um, yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, but um, I, I do think there is value in that argument. Oh yeah, uh, I, I completely agree, and and um, I, I think it's it feels it, it unfortunately ends up feeling like a very odd portrayal of that decision. This does not feel because of the. Obviously, I want to try to be sensitive in what we're talking about, it, but it's also important to note that we're talking about a piece of entertainment, a piece of art, you know, so, so I'm not, you know, trying to talk about this hat word, a real-life situation. But I think that for the purposes of this episode, the reasoning behind it, the impetus for him to commit suicide, is it's not one that I feel does much in a positive manner for what is obviously the theme of this episode. And I think that perhaps if we had gotten a little bit more of a hint of his desperation and depression and fear in a very, in a stronger manner, than what we see through the course of the episode, if we'd gotten just a little bit maybe more focus on Philip, then perhaps it wouldn't have felt like it kind of comes out of nowhere and undercuts a lot of the other 
elements of this episode. I agree with that. Yeah. Because um, I, th- I think once we get to that ending, and then, of course, when you tack on the coach's revelation as well, it just feels... It feels as though, in the same way that they decided to, in my opinion, from a 2019 vantage point, basically cop out in not identifying whether or not Tommy is gay. They also kind of cop out yeah. trying to deal with the larger issue, um, you know, of this violence against homosexuals uh, and something that obviously we're seeing today in the gender diverse community um, at, at an alarming rate. Uh, it's to me, it's, it's, it's too bad that they didn't kind of have the guts to go all in that said in 1992, I think that they probably did have the best of intentions and were trying to do the best they could. Um, so, for for whatever that's worth, I suppose it's 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 worth noting that, you know, I think it would be done differently today. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and it's uh, and yeah, it. In a lot of ways, this episode is unfortunately very timely because, like you said, because of all yeah. of the 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 violence that is happening um, right now. Um, Right now, more spotlight in the news is not uh, so much violence against homosexuals, but violence against transgender people, um, uh, especially like the, the most recent story in the news for the, at the time that we're recording is that uh, a uh, transgender woman in Texas, I believe, she had been brutally beaten a couple of weeks ago, and then she was murdered just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 and I think that, you know, uh, this is going to be kind of an odd tangent, but the way that art often handles those things in the moment tends to miss the mark a little bit. And I don't think it's, it, it, I think it comes from a good place. I think it comes from a well-intentioned position of trying to make a statement about something um, that is abhorrent and that you're seeing happen and maybe there's a way that I can use my art in order to try to make things better or, or shine a light on something. Uh, I have a platform, I might as well use it, that sort of thing. Um, I think that there was an issue of uh, Uncanny X-Men comic book that came out recently that basically um, used the death of a, of a mutant character uh, as a very strong parallel to violence against uh, the transgender community. And the way that it was handled created quite a lot of backlash from that community. Um, and, and the writer obviously, you know, apologized, you know, said that that wasn't his intent, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that um, it's Difficult, and I can only imagine what it would be like to write an episode like this in 1992 or to write an issue of a comic book like that in 2019. But I think that there's a, there's a thoughtfulness that just has to go into it. Um, otherwise, it, it starts to seem a little sensationalistic and like you're just, you know, doing the law and order thing, ripped from the headlines. You know, let's, let's try to keep current and keep people watching, keep people buying, you know, that sort of stuff. 
for sure. Yeah. I, I do want to, uh, yeah, all valid points there. I do want to jump back. I, I looked it up. Uh, I was wrong. 13 reasons why she doesn't commit suicide by pill. She, uh, um, commit suicide by slitting her wrists and they show that in graphic yeah. detail. Uh, so yeah. E- yeah, even more so I understand why I think it's also important to know yeah. this is just something that I've become more aware of in the last, in the last few weeks. Uh, more and more the term commit suicide is falling out of favor and more and more died by suicide is mm. what people, is what people say in response to these stories, uh, in regards to suicide. Um, okay. But yeah, I think that's important to note. Well, and, and I think another thing that's very important to note too is that the name um, of the the woman who um, was murdered uh, last week was Malaysia Booker. Uh, oh, I thank think you. That, you know, anytime, yeah, you have the opportunity. We should, you know, we should we should name them. Say their name. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, <coughs> this episode does um, end up being, you know, very very timely. Uh, it's also interesting because. Um, tor.com um, you know the publishing company um, if, if you've not been to their website it's actually a great collection of blogs news articles etc uh, and oftentimes they will um, you know look at television programs science fiction genre television programming um, and, and do reviews and, and, and that sort of thing and they did Quantum Leap about uh, nine years ago eight nine years ago and when they got to this episode mm-hmm. Um, this would have been December of 2010. The thing that was kind of uncanny is the fact that Glee uh, had aired an episode that was just eerily the same storyline. Um, and, uh, right up to, you know, the, I think the, the cloud of self-harm, you know, hanging over a character, um, and that one of the main characters was being bullied because he was gay and that there was this secret group, you know, kind of operating in the high school and et cetera. And so it was a very striking parallel to that episode. So even, you know, nine years ago, it was topical enough that a show like Glee, which obviously had a lot of exposure, um, was still talking about the, you know, the, the, the bigotry and, and the violence and hatred, um, that could occur, you know, on a high school campus or a naval academy or, you know, the, the back alley of a bar, wherever, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that this is something that we clearly, you know, we haven't gotten rid of it. And, and people are still talking about it and telling stories about it. And so I think that for me, this is a long way, naturally. Hey, we're back, everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the long way of me saying that at the end of the episode with the attempt um, to take his own life, it, it, it does not work as well as it could. Um, it, it, it didn't drive it home. It did not emotionally connect with me in the way that I believe it maybe could have, um, if it hadn't seemed like he was, you know, martyring himself. Yeah. For sure. And and I think in the, because like we don't see Philip's struggle throughout the episode, as you mentioned before, um, I, I will say we do kind of get a little hint of how um, I don't know if unhinged is the right word, but I'll use it of how unhinged he was becoming because he was getting ready to out every other gay cadet at the school. Yes. So that, that may that may kind of give you an idea. But it's always like in the um, like in the end, like we don't after Philip comes down from the ladder and chooses not to take his own life that's it. It's no longer his story. 
we go back and it's yeah. Sam's story and it's Al's redemption and it's Ronnie leaving campus so he can go somewhere where he can quote doesn't deal with have to deal with people like Tommy. It's not his story. It's everybody else's story. And I think that's why that's why it doesn't work. Yes, I completely agree. And you know what? I, I, I you know, but, you know, the same to, to, to deal with another episode that uh, that 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 dealt with suicide. You can make the very valid argument about what price Gloria. Yes. Because yeah, she because, because Gloria almost commits suicide. And then the very next scene she's okay and she's going to go off and she's going to join the design department and we don't really get any, you know, but we, we, we unpacked all of that in that episode, but yes, same thing. No, but you're absolutely right. And it's the, and it's the difference between episodes like, um, you know, thou shalt not, for instance, which is an episode that I continually go back to because I just think it's a high watermark of the series, uh, where that episode ends up being more about the people that Sam has leapt in to, to save in essence than it does Sam. And that's why the episode works so well when those, when that, when that married couple comes together at the end in their grief and also the way that it's left knowing that they haven't finished it, that the journey's not finished, but it's on its way. This family's on the mend now. It's, it's such a more powerful moment and an emotionally engaging moment than what we see here, which is basically that Philip and, and Philip's homosexuality is, is really more just a trigger than it is, anything to to make a statement about and because they decide not to make the statement about Tommy which I can understand the argument that in not making a statement they make a statement and I would not disagree with that whatsoever and I certainly think in 1992 it was probably a powerful statement I think it can still be one today but that said because of what this episode was supposed to represent even from you know the the artist's mouth like Don Belisario for instance it falls short of doing that in disregarding Philip in such a manner. Absolutely. I also want to say real quick, uh, you brought up the uh, scene where uh, Philip is sort of threatening to out everyone in, in his newspaper uh, and, or newsletter and, and whatnot. And I, I loved that scene, actually. I thought that was a really great scene. Um, I, I loved Sam's you know, counter-argument about how these people needed to have a choice um, and, and that it wasn't his right to do that. And, and, and I think that again, it did, it, it did show a little bit of desperation on Philip's part. So it was there. It just, I feel like maybe it wasn't exposed enough. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to take a complete 180, uh, okay. and talk about a couple of moments in this episode that I thought were actually quite funny. Funny. Before we move uh, to funny, there is there there is one okay. more complaint I want to bring about, it, and it's steeped in series oh, before sure. we moved on from there. Uh, yeah. And I didn't really think about it until we started recording. I hate the hanging scene because mm-hmm. it serves no purpose. The only Wait, I'm sorry, I, the I scene where like, they try to hang Sam, or the scene yes. where where Philip tries to hang himself. Okay, no, the 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 scene. Where they try to hang Sam. When I say, I guess maybe they're setting up the idea of hanging because that's what the chain does. Right, right. Now that now that I think about it, it's like they're setting that up. Like the chain supposedly hangs gay students, but to me, it was such a throwaway scene, and it like it was up and it resolved so quickly. Like it was just there to give a cliffhanger to go into the commercial break of Sam's neck and a noose. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't re- disagree with that. 
And I would even go further to say that the idea that these students are going to take that level of, of, you know, bigotry motivated violence against someone. Obviously I know what happens. You know, we know what happens. I'm trying to argue that it doesn't happen, but to me again, it might've been more effective if, if the sheer brutality, you know, came from this, just like when we see them beating Philip in the, in the, in the beginning of the episode, as opposed to take something as calculated as literally hanging someone in the front lawn of this military academy. It's like, wow, that's, you know, yeah. that's... To me, yeah, and to me, like, I remember when this episode originally aired, like, they used that shot of Sam's neck in a noose a lot in advertisements. Yeah. And I almost feel like that's, that, that scene was shot just to use in the commercials. Well, the other thing that I that, that I don't like is the ambiguity over whether or not the rope was intentionally cut because it was more a scare tactic than it was that they ever intended to actually hang him. I think that it would have been yeah. it, it, the scene would have made much more sense to me if it was just they were just trying to scare him if they were never intending to actually hang him. But because it's left ambiguous, yeah. it just makes me feel like, wow, who are these fucking monsters? Yeah, but yeah, not that. Obviously, those monsters don't. But exist, moving on but to still. funny bits in the episode, right? Yay! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I just could not help but get a kick out of when Al was giving Sam a hard time about drinking tea, and Sam starts like saying, "I, I like tea. I have to like. What's wrong with tea? You know, what? The next thing you say something about the Boston Tea Party that it was just a gay boat festival. I thought that was probably one of the funnier moments. Of Quantum Leap, just period. Like, that line coming out of Sam's mouth in response to Al giving him crap about drinking tea was... I just thought that was beautiful. And it, That it, was a good line. Laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was... Yeah, that was one of the better lines in this episode. Yeah. Um, and there was... It is worth noting where I was speaking on the, on, the, on the lighter, funnier stuff. It is worth noting that, again, Ziggy is referred to as a he in, uh, yes. in, Al's, in Al's first scene. Uh, which we, we always comment because, you know, we learned in the in the fourth season premiere that Ziggy is, in fact, a she. But uh, sometimes they still slip. And uh, yeah. and uh, and le- the, uh, the, the other I, thing I, I, that I, go ahead. The other the other uh, comedic moment that I thought was nice and was, you know, one of the few moments where. And I was like, oh, Al, there, there's Al, uh, is yeah. when he asked uh, Gushy to center him on uh, yep. Philip, or so, yep. and he's like, it's raining, and it's like, I don't care if it's raining, I'm a hologram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one that, uh, there is a, like, he calls Gushy name, like, you nutbag or something, you nutso. Like, yeah. the name that he calls Gushy kind of throws me off, like, it doesn't feel like Al, but, yeah. yes, the overall thing. Uh, Yes. Yeah. So I I think, um, you know, kind of winding, you know, winding things up a little bit, um, that the, the overall, the episode I think is, is, is not a bad episode by any stretch. And, and, and in some instances is actually, uh, has some really nice moments. Uh, I think that it, it has some sophisticated dialogue. It has some stuff that fits 
even now today, I feel like it's handled in a way that doesn't, it's not cringe worthy at all. It doesn't feel like, you know, I, I, I think raped, one of the issues that we had with raped and, and, and we had some wonderful counterpoints that were brought up, uh, in response to some of the, the things that we had to say about that episode, um, is that it doesn't, to me, it doesn't hold up today as a piece of drama about that subject matter. And I think that there are parts of this episode that, to me, hold up today about this particular subject matter. Parts of it, not so much. Sure. Uh, But oddly enough, it's not so much the dialogue about homosexuality that doesn't seem to hold up. It's the it's some of the other stuff that surrounds that and the treatment of Philip as a character overall that I think kind of ends up kind of undercutting things. And it's obviously this is not a situation of, um, uh, uh, Oh no. Uh, the episode, the other episode that I, that I think is really lovely until the end about, um, the, the organization of Machiko. Yeah. No, yeah, that's <laughs> the one. No, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, good night. Uh, good night, dear heart. Is that, is that it? Yeah. Yes. That's um, a yes. Yeah which is just a beautifully lovely shot episode has a lot of lovely atmospheric moments in it, but obviously, uh, Andy Mangles, the writer, you know, took such issue with the ending of that episode and, and the fact that her lover was the one that murdered her, etc. that, uh, he, you know, wrote a comic book to basically redeem the quantum leaps treatment of the subject matter of homosexuality in general. Uh, I don't think that this episode necessarily creates that type of issue, but I would argue that the way that Philip is handled overall is not, dissimilar to the way that you know the gay character in that episode ends up kind of getting treated poorly by the writers if you will um yes they are treated uh, uh yeah they're treated more as a plot device i guess in short yeah cuz like i said right, because- as, as soon as uh, yeah as as soon as we know that that philip is not going to die by suicide uh he's gone he's he's gone and, yeah. and now it's back to being sam and al's story and imagine if you will for a second and this is a big what if but imagine that someone is watching this episode and they are homophobic and they might be some sort of violent bigot along the lines of ronnie but in every effort to discredit the claims of people who say that they have been beaten, who say that they, you know, have, have been subjected to fear tactics from people because of the fact that they're gay, that they see the end of this episode where basically Philip is framing Chain and Ronnie, and now this this guy's sitting there thinking to himself, oh, see, it happens. I, I, they didn't, they weren't going to hurt this guy. They're just making stuff up out there. They, nobody's really beating them up. Nobody, you know, it's, it's the same thing with like the, the, the false uh, rape allegations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like, it's that kind of parallel. Yeah. So I feel like the handling of that scene is uncomfortable to me because of, of stuff like that as well. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's a great point. And, uh, <laughs> Maybe this will get get us another scathing bad review on iTunes to bring to bring this up. Um, but uh, yeah, because because I went uh, after Trump was elected and and uh, the hate crime spiked in the U.S. There were a number mm-hmm. of people, a couple of my siblings, who came on social media and said that these were fake stories. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're talking about we were joking off. Uh, so, yeah, about a month ago, we got our first scathing review on iTunes. Somebody didn't like our, quote, virtual, uh, virtue signaling and all of our talk about the Me Too movement. Uh, sorry. Yeah, they also didn't like, the, apparently, that we talked about Star Trek either. So I've really refrained from talking about it at all this episode. Uh, also, mainly because none of the actors ever guest starred on Star Trek. So Star Trek, is, Star, is Trek this Star Trek. The- Uh, Did John Finn never guest on Star Trek? Because to me, he just to me he jumps out at like someone who had guest starred on an episode of Star Trek. No, he did not. But apparently, although uh, I think this may be the first. John Roselius. Sorry, John Roselius, who played the coach, did, however, uh, also play a coach in Space Jam. So that gets us. That gets us out there. This may be the this may be the first episode of Quantum Leap we've been we've covered in a while that did not have an actor that also guest starred on an episode of Star Trek. It's some iteration. Oh yeah, I, 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 it's got to be it's got to be quite a while because I, I can't remember the last time that we haven't been able to make the uh, the connection, the old yeah. degree of separation. Um, but anyway, did, did Lou Becker, uh, yes, I do see your point. It's a it's a valid criticism. Is that it kind of strengthens the the idea that these hate crimes don't really happen they are faked yeah um and let's talk and i think another, that the dialogue that we have now it's a very different dialogue than would have been occurring in 1992 I mean, this is pre-matthew shepherd this is you know obviously not that hate crimes weren't happening hadn't been happening for you know generations centuries but the thing is is that the dialogue was not the same that we have today and i think as an extension of that that perhaps, you know, the writers, the producers, the actors would not have been able to have that thoughtfulness of saying like, oh, you know, we could be sending quite the wrong message here by having, you know, this guy fake a hate crime, in essence. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, but you were, you were saying. Uh, no, that was, uh, so the other thing, it's just like a uh, very inopportune, this is not, this is not a mark against the episode. This is a mark against God or time or fate or whatever. <laughs> An inopportune leap in moment, even a more inopportune leap out moment. Tommy oh, is screwed. God. Tommy is not winning that race. Right. It doesn't matter whether or not Tommy is gay, but it matters when he leaps out. I mean, come on. <laughs> he is just going to be yes. a conf- he is going to be a confused mess. He is going to get if if it's a relay race, I, th- I I can't remember, but he is going to get to to the end of the race or to like handing off the baton or whatever, and and he, he like he's lost two days. Yeah, yeah, yes, he has. I mean, if anything, he's going to just fall over. You know what I mean? Like he's he's not going to. He's going to trip and fall. And and then it's just. Uh, yeah. You know what I, I what I do miss about that last scene? I'm just now thinking about it. It would have been nice to just have like one shot of the coach of like coach mm. and Sam exchanging a glance. Yeah, that's I, it. I agree. I, that, I, that would have been it, nice. It's strange because it does. It feels like um, uh, which review was this? I was reading it might have been on the MacGyver Project. Shout out to the MacGyver Project. Um, oh, yeah. 
so as we've mentioned before, the MacGyver Project is a uh, blog where he basically put together, you know, brief reviews, overviews of every single episode of MacGyver, and then for whatever reason decided to move on to uh, some other stuff, uh, and, and one of those shows happened to be Quantum Leap, which I'm excited about because I have enjoyed reading his thoughts. Uh, he lists as his low light, he's got a very sort of structured format of, of the way that he does these, the low light being it doesn't make sense why Sam doesn't leap right after saving Philip. Um, and, and that it basically having him set up to, to win the track meet, uh, is just an excuse for Al to give us our, you know, our overview of what's going to happen to everybody else. And then change his mind about gays in the military and for Sam to utter the, you know, the famous line doesn't matter in references to whether or not Tommy is gay. Uh, and I, and I would kind of agree with that. I mean, I think that, that ultimately it doesn't hurt the episode any, but it, it, it does further what we've kind of been talking about with the way that Philip kind of just gets swept off after he's saved. Yeah. But then Sam leaps, and uh, this is one of my favorite episodes that I have not seen in a while. Temptation uh, Eyes. Temptation Eyes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Sam, is, is he's a, a field anchor live on the scene of another murder in San Francisco, I believe. Am I recalling that correctly? I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Like I said, yeah. this is... Uh, I, I have not watched this episode in at least like two or three years, but it's one of my favorite non-mythology episodes. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it in a while either, but uh, it, it is it is a very good episode, um, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, got a good cast... Um, does some interesting things. If you, it's kind of different, and I and I really dig that. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. Uh, it lets Sam be Sam. <laughs> it does indeed. <laughs> it's one of the few episodes where Sam gets to make out with the girl of the week, and it's not problematic by today's standards, it, right? It's because she's psychic. It's because yes, yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, in, in, in wrapping up real quick, I wanted to touch on something that um, we hadn't talked about uh, throughout the, the course of this, um, which has been good because I've enjoyed the conversation we've had. But I did want to just give a quick, very, very quick overview uh, of the depiction of, of gays on television. And I think it is worth noting that up until, you know, about 15 to 20 years prior to this episode, um, there had not been a depiction uh, of gays on television um, you know, they the generally accepted first appearance of a gay character on a television show is actually all in the family in 1971 okay. um, and the interesting thing about that particular episode is that Archie Bunker uh, is, is making all sorts of assumptions about a friend of a friend only to, to discover that it's actually his own friend Steve who is actually that's gay. right yeah Uh, And then in in 1977, uh, Norman Lear, uh, who also was the creator of All in the Family, uh, his his sitcom The Jeffersons featured the first transgender character um, when an army buddy of George Jefferson uh, is now um, a woman. Um, Then in 72, um, you had a gay couple in a television movie. but really, the most well-known early gay character on television would obviously have to be um, Billy Crystal yep. um, in in Soap, 
which was 1977. I think he was um, the first like like regular character on a TV series. Yes, not just a one not shot. A, yeah. for, you know, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly, and uh, and so that's 15 years before this episode aired. Um, and which is you know, not very, it's not very far away. Right. And when you consider the vacuum that existed in within those 15 years with the lack of, uh, you know, gay characters being represented on television up until that time, it still felt like this was something fairly, you know, because let's face it, it really wasn't even though there were gay characters before it really wasn't until Will and Grace hit that it started to become, I think, something that you know, felt a little bit more mainstream for lack of a better word. Yeah. Uh, and so it is an interesting timeline to, to trace. It's interesting to note that just a couple of years after this episode would air, that friends of course, um, would have, uh, Ross's ex-wife who's a lesbian and, and she would end up marrying her partner, uh, on the show as well. And so, you know, the, the, the depictions and the representation was obviously changing, um, and, and growing, but at the time this episode aired, it was still something that we had seen very little of. Yeah. And it, it, it is to note, um, uh, very noteworthy is, uh, Ellen in the late nineties when she yes. came out, when she came out on her sitcom, by the way, uh, I can't remember what the name, uh, she had a Netflix special come out like three months ago and I can't remember what the name. J- just Google Ellen Netflix special. Um, it's her first stand-up special in years, and she talks very frankly about the experience of losing her television show over that revelation. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is very funny, but when she talks about that, she talks very frankly about the about how painful that was, um, yeah. and and how not only how only she did not get work for two years, the woman. The straight woman, the straight woman actor who played her girlfriend on the show couldn't get work for two years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if that's something that sparks your interest, you should definitely uh, check out that special. Yeah. You know, looking back, uh, you know, I can remember I can remember the episode where she came out pretty vividly. I actually watched Ellen um, back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, And and it was certainly, I think, one of the first. It was the first time that I can recall where a lead character on a show Mm -hmm. um, came out uh, in that way, because up until then, really, you know, you'd had guest stars mostly, like we were saying before, with the exception of Billy Crystal, which is a little bit different because that was a sitcom, but you had characters, um, uh, you know, like on Roseanne that were, that were guest stars, you know, these weren't, you know, lead characters by any stretch. Same thing with when I was talking about Friends earlier uh, with Susan and Carol, I mean, they weren't in every episode. So, you know, for Ellen to really, to be that, you know, kind of that first um, you know, big lead character of a television program uh, that, that I that I was watching at the time. Um, yeah, I do remember it being a, a big deal, and then unfortunately, I do remember the show. You know, kind of just disappearing shortly after. Um, maybe not too shortly, but still. Uh, it, it's worth, I think, looking back, and obviously, being a straight man, I, I, there's only so much that I think I can take from this, or I can appreciate it for it probably, but it, to, to see that timeline and to see where we were and, and now where we are, um, 
it's worth doing that on occasion. I think it does make you appreciate some things, you know, make you realize how far we have yet to go. But oh, also sure, makes yeah. you appreciate how far we've come. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and most uh, recently, I'm finally getting caught up on The Flash because the most recent season is mm. on Netflix right now. Are you Are you caught up at yeah. all? No, probably. Oh, I, I, are I'm you not, seriously? unfortunately. Oh, okay. I'm not. Um, yeah. And so, like, a, an episode that I just watched this afternoon, um, uh, a character is is revealed to be gay and just like this very subtle way it's not directly called out and the characters the it's only like two characters who who learn this about this uh this new character on the show and it's just kind of like this oh 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 okay wasn't expecting that all right let's all right, <laughs> all right let's move on and then it's not commented yeah. on again interesting interesting yeah it's you know it, it's interesting thinking about the depiction sometimes too, and, and the way that it's handled within the context of a, of a television program. Um, you know, I often think of Six Feet Under as probably being, to me, um, you know, one of the more thoughtful, realistic, honest, compassionate portrayals. You know, of a, of a relationship. Um, Again, as much as I can understand that, being a straight man, uh, but I feel like the thing—the reason why it works so much—is because it just feels like a relationship. You know what I mean? It's not—it's not drawing attention to the fact that it's anything other than two people who are in love with one another and struggling with what it means to to do that, to be in a relationship, to get married, to have kids. To you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that that it, it was so easy to always connect to 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 David and Keith's relationship um, on Six yeah. Feet Under. Um, even as a straight man. And, and I always appreciated the way that that was handled. Um, but when you look out.com actually has a, a really nice timeline of nearly in parentheses, every LGBTQ couple in TV history. And so many of the same shows pop up over and over and over again. Um, you know, that, that even right up until today, it's just like, there's, there's not a lot, I guess, of gay couples being depicted um, in television. Now, you might have a gay character. It's one thing to have a gay character in your show, but to actually have a gay couple depicted in your show is a different thing altogether. Mm. Such is such is the times that we are in. Indeed. Such Indeed. is the times. Um, well, well, thank you I, for that uh, history. Yeah, you know me. I always, I'm always interested in that sort of stuff, especially mm. when it comes to television. I, just, I, I think television is such a fascinating way to you know it's 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 all these wonderful interconnected guideposts to kind of where we've come from where we're going um it's it's more than pop culture it's you know it's history and uh i i think that there's a lot to a lot to be learned a lot to be learned you know including that the original twilight zone is obviously the superior iteration of twilight zone hands down without a doubt dear god dear god what 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 is going on with that new show (laughs) (laughs) how how far along are you not at all really just like just 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 yeah it's yeah i don't know like an episode (laughs) i gotcha uh i feel uh some have been some have been hit and miss for me i feel like the most recent episode it's finding more of the balance between being uh, social commentary and just being mm. and just being genuinely, you know, sci-fi creepy as it is. Um, 
Um, I, I will, uh, the, the, ah, oh, yeah, there's one episode, I can't remember the title of it, but it's about, uh, the first manned mission to Mars. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I don't, I'll just set it up for, because the prem, it's one of those, it, it, it's so rarely these days when I see a premise of a TV episode and I get chills just because, however they execute it, the, the, the chills I just get from the premise, I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm on board for this. No pun intended. Uh, the first man, the, uh, so the the first manned mission to Mars. They are they are in the cockpit. They're in the rocket. They are about to take off. They're you know they're 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 doing all the final equipment checks. They're counting down. Um, and, and this crew like they bonded over the last four years of training. So they're cranking this uh, song called Family. I can't remember who it's by, but they are just like ready to go. Like fuck yeah, we're taking off. And then all hell breaks loose because down on the ground. World War Three has broken out. Oh shit! Like literally, uh, uh, Korea has filed missiles at the U.S. U.S. has filed mis- has fired missiles back, and they figure out that they will have just enough time to unbuckle, get out of the spaceship, and they will be nuked around about the time that they get back down to the launch pad. So they have to make oh, the so they wow. have so they have to make the decision: do we die or do we take off? And of course, wow. they decide to take off because otherwise there wouldn't be an episode. So they take off. So they leave <laughs> Earth. So they leave Earth, knowing that there is no home to come back to. Wow. Uh, it's most. I'm not crazy about the resolution. But it is 90% a wonderful episode that you should check out. And I think that's nice. uh, the third from the last episode. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it, I'll give I'll definitely give it another go, give it some more time. It's just between, between like, you know, what I've seen so far and, and, and what I've heard from other people, I'm just sort of like, wow, and all right, well, we'll see. But, uh, that's all right. Hey, you know what? I, other people, other people that are hating on it, I could find myself loving, you know, loving it. Uh, um, when I finally get around to watching all like of I it, said, because every- I've, I enjoyed the final season of Game of Thrones, but apparently everybody on Reddit thinks it's the worst piece of trash that's ever been written. So everybody, you know, it, it's like every, yeah, every new TV show, uh, you know, it, it struggles to find its voice. And when you're following in the footsteps of such an iconic TV show, you're going to struggle a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, I walked away from some episodes going, oh, oh Jesus Christ, it's Black Mirror. Just watch Black Mirror. Uh, right, but like I said, right. there have been a couple, there, there, there have been a handful of episodes, like I can see where they're going if they're given the opportunity to breathe. Uh, it could turn into a great series. And this will be my final thought that I part with that, I, that I'm realizing. Uh, smugly saying that you refuse to pay for another streaming service has become the new <laughs> smugly saying, I don't watch television. <laughs> uh, why, why, why do we got to be smug? Let's just let's all stop being uh, smug, right? Yeah, let's just I all, know. all just like what we like. Yes, uh, people like what they like. Yeah, you know, life gets whatever. better when you can look at a piece of art or entertainment that you don't like, and you can just shrug and go, "Eh, not my thing." Yeah, it's not for me. Not my thing. Um, but you know what is my thing? My thing is sleep. Sleep, <laughs> naps. Yeah, <laughs> we should we should leap on All out of right. here, and then we'll, I'm not going to promise next week. Uh, I'm not going to lie to people, uh, but we will see you for the next episode for Temptation Eyes. 
Yes, we will. And never fear, we will be back. We have committed to one another, to our partnership, to finishing this endeavor uh, <laughs> yes. in its completeness, to being the first Quantum Leap podcast to reach that end goal. We're going to do it. And uh, it's it's kind of sad in a way. We don't we don't actually have that much further to go to get yeah, there. So but, but, um, so yeah. Sometime by the time by the time twenty twenty rolls around, you're gonna have a complete podcast uh, library of every episode of Quantum Leap on your hands. Ever finally. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But thank you guys so so much for your patience. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back with Temptation Eyes um, when we get around to it. Sometime and uh, in the meantime, please you know let us know your feedback. What you like, what you didn't like, uh, what you agreed on, what you don't agree with, um, what you had for dinner. I'm interested. You never know. It might sound good to me, and then I'll want the recipe. Uh, But in the meantime, take care of yourselves and one another, and we're going to leap out of here, and we will talk to you real soon. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you've heard or have any questions or comments, don't be shy. Reach out to us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you may be listening. Until next time. I want to stay, I want